Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good mid-morning. Those of you who are awakened at 3, 4, 5 a.m. This is 2023, and I'm starting with 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, which says, Hi, my name is John, and uh, I went to such and such Bible seminary, and uh, I've done this and I've done that, and uh, I'm writing to you folk who are, oh, no, no, that. I'm sorry, that's not how 1 John chapter 1 starts. It starts right in with the meat. That which, that, that, what that, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That which was from the beginning, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Which we have heard, they had ears to hear which we have seen, they had eyes to see, with our eyes, our natural eyes, have seen, we have beheld, that which we have heard, which is the Word. So we've seen the Word. And we've looked upon, we reflected, we meditated, our natural eyes let us see the written word which we have heard with our ears, our spiritual ears, and we've meditated on it, and our hands have handled Jesus. And more than just Jesus, it's the word of life. Well, life, well, I am the way, the truth, and the yeah, life. You see, when John wrote this, he didn't start with all the glittering generalities and the 45 minutes of the bulletin announcement and special song from Miss So-and-so who, bless her heart, can't carry a note at all, but she's faithful, and so we got to put her in the program someplace. Uh, Shut up and sit down. Quit playing church and be the church. Well, that's kind of strong, isn't it? No, it's right. It's truth. You've allowed a form of godliness, but denied the power of it. John starts out with the power. The church today has divided itself into either the power or the authority. But we're not strong enough leaders to receive both. I'm not rambling. I'm making a point here. The other day I was in a place and I looked and the label on the shelf was candles. C-A-N-D-L-E-S. Candles. 
And I looked, and there was one container that had special color meaning to me, so I picked it up, and I bought a candle. It had a lid on the top of it. And I get home, and in preparation to use it, I take the lid off, and there's three wicks in this one round container that's called a candle. And instantly, the Lord began to share with me, pay attention. Well, how much attention can you pay a candle? For hours, if you let God do it. Problem is, we're so busy doing that we don't be. Micah 6 8. Micah 6 8. Or is it Micah 8 6? Hmm. Maybe you ought to look it up and find out which one it is. So this candle that I'm looking at that had three wicks in it, I went to light the first one, and the Lord shared with me, some of my children do that. And I'm going, what? What do you mean, some of your children do Well, what they do is they use Jesus as a fire escape. And they listen and they manipulate everything the pulpit says to satisfy their need to escape hell. So they've activated Jesus. But they haven't put the flame to the other two wicks. Well, what would be the second wick? The Holy Ghost. Well, huh? Oh yeah, we have some denominations right here in this nation that preach salvation. You need to get saved. Of course, that message is just a bait and switch to get people to come back into the church to give more offering to make the building secure and their retirement secure. Oh, you're kind of harsh about that. No, I'm not. I'm revealing. I'm pulling back the curtain of revelation for truth so that you understand where you're in. That particular denomination will not get you into heaven. What they preach will. You need Jesus. And you need to get water baptized. But go in there and prophesy and they'll show you the front door with not just one, two, or all their ushers will escort you out and suggest you go to a church down the street where they do that holy stuff because, you know, that passed away. Lie from the pits of hell. But it's in the place where one of the three wicks have been ignited, used, and abused for the sake of filthy lucre. Oh no, I'm out winning souls through the kingdom. Excuse me. No man can come unto the Father but what God brings him. I don't doubt but what you're the donkey that spoke to the prophet. God can use an animal. Are you calling us pastors animals? If the voice fits. In the kingdom of God, there's not just sheep. There are goats, wolves, all kinds of things. Our Father loves them all. So back to the wick. 
some people like one and get saved. They don't get healed. They don't get baptized enough with the evidence of a prayer life. Other people have enough hunger for their first love to keep on going and they light the second wick, the Holy Ghost. It's great. It's wonderful. A lot of them get healed. Now those who just light one wick, you know, if, if there's healing involved, even though they pray, they say, let's pray for Sister Smith. Let's not speak the word of health like Jesus did to the man that was lowered down through the roof. It says the power to heal was there, but not one of the religious leaders got healed. What they did is they murmured against Jesus for healing the one that was let down through the roof. And likewise, those who light one wick will speak against the power to heal, which is loosed through the lighting of the second wick, the Holy Ghost. And now there's one group, there's a second group, and within those two, they form a third group. They call them Baptocostals. <laughs> Those who have been around a while understand what I'm sharing. But today, what's being loosed is the third wick, the heart of the Father. Now, we'll say the words, you need to be baptized, some will say, in Jesus' name only. Other people will say, you need to be baptized in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. When, and they're generally talking about water baptism. Some people within that group will say, no, you need to be baptized in Jesus and you receive all the Holy Ghost you're ever going to get on that day. Other people say you need to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And they're talking about getting baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I'm here to announce the good news that when you get baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, let's pay attention to what's being said and what it means. Let's go deeper. Let's go into what it means being baptized in the name of the Father. You've not heard this preached before. I haven't. What's it mean to be baptized? in the name of the Father. Well, we understand what it means in the book of Acts, where the apostle in chapter 19 came across people who said, we've been baptized into John's baptism only. We don't know about anything else. And the apostle says, well, the water baptism is good, but now let's get baptized in the Holy Ghost. So we clearly understand the first two, but the third one, what, what's this mean to be baptized in the name of the Father? We've said it, we've heard it, but no one opens it up, unfolds the package. My brother, my sister, now is the day 
that the heart of the Father is being poured out through revelation for that understanding. Now, when we talk about being baptized in the Holy Ghost, we talk on the Holy Spirit. Do we not? Do we not reference the Holy Spirit when talking about the full, the, a, a deeper, the more strengthening walk within the kingdom of God? First, you've got to get started. That's phase one. You're in Jesus. Now there's a, a dedication of that which you have been given. You, it's a free gift. And when you dedicate that free gift of salvation into the use of the kingdom, you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit to empower you to build yourself up because your battery is going to get drained real quick. So what is this baptism by the Father we're talking about? Well, by now you are mature enough to know about how to look things up and go from chapter and verse to chapter and verse and connect the dots. And if you don't, the Holy Ghost will guide you into all truth. So please, feel free. Start checking out the spirit of glory. The spirit of glory. Is that in the Bible? Please, we read over it because our eyes have been held. Remember how Pharaoh's heart was hardened? He didn't qualify to receive the things outside his own thought his own doctrine. The Pharaoh's doctrine was that he was God. So there's no room for the God. Until repeated, 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 and finally at the end he confessed, there is a God in heaven, and Moses, you're on his side. But even that was short-lived. He had shallow roots because of his preceding doctrine and more importantly his indoctrination into the bloodline of pharaohs prohibited him from making room for the God because he was God. And brothers and sisters, I'm pointing out to you today in Matthew 4 where Jesus began to preach saying, Repent! To whom was he talking? I submit for your consideration he was talking to us. I don't feel like the scriptures were a presentation folder or a brochure to the heathen. God's pattern is to send men to tell men how to get saved, Cornelius. Send Jesus to the well to tell the woman how to get saved right with God, righteous, holy. So the scriptures are for those who are entering in and need guidance. They are the owner's manual, if you would. So, 
as we apply the scriptures in Matthew 4, Jesus began at the beginning, which is one of his characteristics, referenced the road to Emmaus. He began at the beginning. He, the first thing he began to do, preaching to us saints, is repent. Oh yeah, I did that back in 19 and, yeah, what about this morning? Then after repentance comes forgiving. When you stand praying, not if you stand praying, because he's speaking to us believers, and we're expected to pray. And he said, when you stand praying. Now, standing is not on your face groveling before God. That is a position of good standing. But that's not what... See, when you pray, when you're standing, well, I have on the whole armor of God, and I'm standing here as a warrior. When you're standing and you're praying, forgive. Well, uh, I, I, I don't know. Yes, you do. Repent, and the Holy Ghost will tell you. It's real simple. Follow Follow, not lead. Follow the pattern. Repent, forgive. Us leaders, we need to come down off of the platform and get on the carpet with our brothers and sisters and repent and forgive. And then we begin to see the answers to our prayer. Now, the allegory I just laid out in front of you as a pattern is the three wicks in that candle. Jesus, the Holy Ghost, and the Spirit of Glory. What, what is this glory? It's beyond the rest. God says, enter into my rest. But we, we leaders, think about the Leviticus form of rest. That's where they talk about the Sabbath. And we take a day and we do a great thing for God. You know, as nominal born-again people, we serve God by sitting in a pew and listening for an hour. And we walk out and go home and someone calls us on the phone and we say, oh yeah, I was serving God today. All I did was sit and listen for an hour. But then we get further along on a pathway of perfection. We've enjoyed traveling mercies, not in our car, but on a pathway to peace. So, now, we hear, listen, observe, and participate in a Sabbath rest. We, we sit still instead of one hour in a pew, we sit still one day of the week for many servants. It's Monday or some other day. So we apply the Sabbath rest. But there's a infinite dimension to resting in the kingdom both of God and the kingdom of heaven. And this is the exceeding abundant rest that we have been ignoring. 
again, I'm in a city that has many, many people standing at the doorway of the 7-Eleven and the gas station saying, can you spare a change, some say, and others say, can you spare a dollar? Help the homeless. And if the, if the passerby gives them two dollars, they go into their demonic religious rhetoric. Oh, thank you, thank you, God bless you, God bless you. Lies. They don't have any part of God to bless anybody with. Because if you stop and begin talking with them, and you tell them, once I was young, once I, but now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous for begging for bread, are you interested in becoming righteous? Instantly, the demonic lie, oh, I read my Bible all the time, or I go to church. Just dress differently. Same words, same lies, but the purpose is just to get a buck or two. And you can ask them, well, what is it you plan to do with this donation? Oh, I, I just want to get a corned beef sandwich in some place where it's warm and such and such a place lets me sit in there and get warm, you know. It gets pretty cold sleeping underneath the bridge. So if you could help the homeless, see, they're back into their sales pitch. Excuse me, it's your choice because I've now interviewed you for 45 minutes and I'm looking at this nice brand new bicycle. Oh, the, the such and such denomination gave me this bicycle. Well, don't they have a way to help you stay warm at night? Oh, well, yeah, but I'm a loner, and, and uh, the, those men's helps groups, you know, they do drugs and do this and do that, and I just don't want to have anything to do with it. And I, I just want to be independent. Oh, so let me get this straight. People have already come to you and offered you a pathway to help you get out of the cold at night, get on your feet, get clean, get positioned in life as the better position and you've turned them down because you want to be independent you don't want help but now you're out here asking for help hey mister can you help the homeless well it's your choice you have chosen to be rebellious to the help that God did send along so what you're asking me to do is to fund your personal ungodliness choice to go other than the pathway that God's provided to make you comfortable and to help you grow spiritually and to avoid the eternal fire of hell. So what you're asking through rhetoric, empty words, is for a, a little bit from a lot of people so that you can be arrogantly independent just like the millionaire, multi-billionaire. You want to live like them, you just don't want to pay the price they paid to do that. What am I getting off track? No, I'm not getting off track. I'm telling you the revelation of truth that when they're asking for a dollar or two, we actually have a $20 bill in our wallet, or $40 in the car. And they're asking for change. 
because that's where they're at. There are humans, men and women, black and white, brown, green, red, yellow, blue if you're an Avatar fan. Who ask for pennies? Oh, if you want to be a blessing, if you want to get credit in heaven, then put in money into the plate, and uh, that way we'll be able to keep the pews padded, the heat on, and I'll be able to do a missions trip because you can't go. You know, not everybody can go, but everybody can give. So let's uh, uh, let's send me, and then I'll come back and tell you of all the miracles. Well, Mr. Promoter, why don't you stay home and send the one who comes and washes the dishes on Sunday morning men's prayer breakfast. Let them go experience the miracles. Oh, I, I know the sacred cow just fell over. Well, you know, I, I'm the educated one, I'm the anointed one, and God has raised me up. I didn't say that wasn't true at all, but I'm saying it's not you who did the miracles, it was God. And this person who's washing dishes for the men's Saturday morning prayer breakfast has God. And that God is the God that does the miracles. So why don't you, Mr. Fine Dressing Comfort Zone, looking good, smelling good, quote, leader who doesn't fall on their face and repent and forgive, Send your brother, who has the same God, who loves the same God, who is loved as much by that God as you are loved. Why not send them to Africa and let that God do through them? You don't think he'll come home and start a fire in your church? Well, you see, that's really what you're afraid of. Because if they come home and start a fire, you're not in control of it. Here in America, mega churches, metro churches, 7,000 seated congregations can bring in a socially acceptable, same colored servant. And they get sent away with $35,000. But let someone with even more anointing and more manifestation, who's of a different color, come in, and they get sent away with $1,000. Oh, take this little token and be grateful. You don't think God sees you? I'm telling you today, that before you get to see, hear, touch, or feel the third wick, the outpouring of the Father's heart, the spirit of glory, mm. you either will repent and forgive yourself and forgive others, or you won't enter into the arena that has the third wick. Mm. I'm not talking to a the newborn needing milk baby. I'm talking to you. You had a choice of how you want your steak cooked, how it's presented, with what side 
uh, condiments upon it. You have so much luxury and pleasure that you get to decide what kind of meat, meat and when and where. You get to decide which steakhouse you go to be served the meat. When's the last time you got to the end of the exit ramp instead of putting money in the beer bucket? You said, come on, let's go to the steakhouse. Well, they, uh, repent! You do the same thing in your own congregation. Because this man is assigned by God to mow the grass, certainly he wouldn't appreciate going on a tour of Israel on the airplane. You know the one where you get your trip free if you get 18 others? Come on, you don't think we know that? Or 35 others, or whatever that number is that gives you and your wife the privilege of coming home and saying, oh, we just spent a week in a holy land where Jesus walked. You hypocrite. The other day I was in a soup kitchen eating at a table and I was sitting where Jesus walked. Jesus said, in the last hour, you won't have to go there or here. Yeah. And when they say, oh, Jesus is over here. Yeah, well... Last time I knew, he said, my father and my spirit and I will come in and sup with you and take up our residence in you. What's your requirement? To abide as a branch in the vine. How do you do that? Pray. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. And do it daily. Absorb the word, the logos. Yeah. You know, like John did here, he says, I've heard, I've seen, I've looked upon, my hands have handled the word of life. You don't need an airplane to go get to be in a place where the word of life is. If you don't have it where you're at, just ask for it, he'll come. If you don't believe that's true, come here. Well, I just skimmed over 1 John verse 1, now verse 2. For the life, the life, mm. you don't have to wait till you get to heaven. The life was, that's past tense, that means used to be, means was, means what it says. The life was manifested. And we have seen it. We have walked with it. We bear witness. And we, through our lifestyle, show to you that life. That resurrection. Yeah. That which came from the heart of the Father, where you came from, came through the womb of your mother was knit to the house that you live in your body and is now traveling 
back home to heaven. That's eternal life. That's what comes from the Father. He gave you the option to jump off that train if you want to, but warned you ahead of time in the form of judgment if you do, the train is speeding forward, and once you jump off, you cannot crucify afresh the Lord Jesus Christ. Once you're off, you're off. But before you can be qualified to be on the side of the track as having jumped off the train, first you've got to be in the train. So don't go around wondering if you've blasphemed the Holy Ghost. If you're asking the question, no, you haven't. We're talking about somebody who knows and tasted of the anointing, the inner workings of the Holy One of Israel, and then they choose to turn their back. That's grieving the Holy Spirit. Verse 2, And we bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, the one that came from the Father, which was with the Father, of the Father, by the Father, through the Father, and was manifested unto us. Now, whole, the verse 2 is all in parentheses to give us understanding. And now he's backing up to verse 1. It says, of the word of life, verse 3, that which we have seen and heard. He's telling us a third time. Seen and heard. And our lifestyle... And that which bubbles up out of our belly comes out into words, we declare unto you. For what purpose? What's the whole purpose of us becoming sanctified after having become justified? Mm. And now what's the third word? Come on, doctors of theologian and doctrines. Come on, what's the third word? Justified, sanctified, and what? glorified. You Bible attendee diploma on a wall hanging people, justified, sanctified, and what? Now when was the last time you and other preachers got together and gave God good positive testimony about how he has glorified you? Not you glorifying you by driving up in your fine automobile, and then you cover up your pride by saying, attaching to it God. Oh, look what God gave me. Mm. What's the difference between you and a beggar on a street using God-oriented words, God lingo? Oh, God bless you, brother. The only God that they have to be a blessing on you is the demon kingdom of this world that they glorify as soon as you walk away. And when they say, oh, bless you, they're doing what the Bible says not to do. When the people who dis tear down the truth come knocking on your door in their white shirts and black ties, God says, don't bless them on their way because they're tearing down the kingdom. So when the beggar that you have funded, where is your heart, by the way, where your, they, your heart goes after your funds, and, and you discount the fact 
that you just fin funded an arrogant, independent, anti-God lifestyle. You say, well, it's only change. No, it's not. Is it your money or God's money? Would you quit trying to make stuff look nice by adding God's lingo to it? Naked came you into the world. And I've never found a hearse with a bumper hitch for the U-Haul trailer. You say, well, it's just leftover change. Is that how you treat what is your master's? Joseph in Genesis didn't treat his master's riches that way. He was diligent. He knew where the pennies went. And God raised him up. Even though Satan sent a deep opportunity for him to steal something that wasn't his. He said, no, I'm going to walk in the white linen that my God gave me. I can have anything except you. Did that provoke wrath? Absolutely. Hell hath no fury like a woman. who's been empowered through the prosperity of her husband to get what she wants, when she wants it. And when righteousness stands up against Jezebel, it becomes a vow to kill that prophet. That's why Joseph went into a deeper prison. But the dumb devil didn't realize that now it was out of Potiphar and into the Pharaoh which was closer to Joseph's destiny and his purpose. It didn't come right away. Opportunity came for it to come right away. But those unfaithful servants serving Satan in Pharaoh's kingdom conveniently forgot that God had sent the truth through Joseph who accurately defined God in their life. The devil didn't know. He, he couldn't imagine how God could take Joseph from the Pharaoh's prison and in one day raise him up to the palace. From the prison to the palace in one day. My brother and my sister, it may look to you right now that there's no way for you to go to the purpose palace in one day I'm telling you it's a matter of time and I'm telling you the time is here and I'm telling you the father's heart through revelation is his plan for your perseverance upon the darkness that's coming is God sending the purpose of darkness to win the lost? Excuse me, get your doctrine out of your bookshelf. The love is what wins sinners. Mm. Yeah. Not the darkness. Glory to God. Uh, look, brother, I, I, I wanted to confirm this teaching today. 
Paul in the third chapter of Philippians uh, verse 14 when he talked about pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in God or uh, in Christ Jesus there's a threefold calling that calling is threefold something that Lord blessed me with some years ago and helped me to appreciate the call it's not just you're not just being called into the church there's a call of repentance and you talked about that my friend then there's a call to dedication or commitment in the book of Acts I believe it's the 8th chapter the disciples or the apostles found out that the people in Samaria had received the word they received the word and most people do they hear the word they go oh, the good message all that but they had not received the Holy Ghost glory to God so Peter and John went and prayed for them that they receive the Holy Spirit. And of course, during that time, there was a, another young man there. He was a sorcerer. He wanted to purchase. You can't buy this, which is the, the beauty of God, that he had made it so available that it don't cost you anything. Everything is paid in full. Uh, when Jesus said it was finished, literally, everything that we need, it's finished. Not just in him, but in us. Thank you, Lord. Then there's a call to service. This is where we glorify God. I love how you broke that down, my friend. To glorify God is to serve as a son, as his son did, our Lord Jesus Christ. The example of the life in Christ, and even in First uh, John chapter 1, and when he said, I will... Uh, I think about John the 14th chapter when he said that they who have my word and do it, they love me. And he said he was going to manifest himself to them, to you know those of us who not only love him but believe and do. The manifestation has already been made. Christ has come in the flesh and have demonstrated the life that we now have, eternal. I love also something you said, Brother Stephen, that we don't have to wait for it. The life doesn't start when Jesus come back. It started when he came and gave us life. Amen. He said, I came not to condemn, but to save. Amen. How did he save us? With his very life. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it tells us that we no longer live to ourselves, but to the one who gave his life for us in so doing if we're living the life that was given to us by Christ we're glorified oh, says, now we are glorified he even prayed in the 17th chapter of John glorify them as you have also glorified me Amen. I think when people hear that they think that it means that we're glorifying ourselves but no, all we're saying is what the Word tells us, that we are now glorified through Christ. Mm -hmm. Not on our own, mm -hmm. not through our own strength or our own knowledge or our own understanding, but through the love of God. We've been made, watch this, if He has manifest Himself in us, we are glorified. Thank you, Lord. That light that shines is not mine. That's right. I'm just the vessel. I'm the candle. Hallelujah. Right. Right. And he had lit the light. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Huh? He Amen. lit it. That's right. 
I didn't have the power to light the light. That's I right. didn't know that I was a candle. <laughs> or I could be light. Because I was so in darkness. That's right. He had to come and manifest himself, the light, and show us the way. This is the way you ought to be. Not just the way you far as direction. That too. But this is the way you ought to live. You see my life? This is the life I give you. <laughs> he said, no man take my life, I give it. You can't buy it. You can't take it. But you can receive it. Paul said, said, watch this over in the fourth chapter of Philippians. And this is also what I heard as you were ministering. A really beautiful message today, my friend. Philippians 4 and 9. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. We'd have to do the most. We don't have to be the biggest and the baddest. I have all uh, you experienced something that you mentioned in the, in the message today, my friend, about uh, missionary work. And a lot of mega churches have talked about sowing into, but never did. And they collected monies. Not knowing that I know, <laughs> collect the monies for m these mission trips. I received no monies, not a penny. And the Lord had blessed me to fund those trips. He provided where the thieves and robbers have heaped to themselves the resources to do the work using but God have told this servant, uh, the janitor, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the janitors in the church too, I won't just let you know. <laughs> Whatever office I operate, I, I'm cleaning the church too. I love something that you said also, that we ought to walk with. That's what Christ did. And the word became flesh and dwelled among them. He didn't walk above them. He came down. Amen. He did. He humbled himself and Amen. took on the form of a servant. Amen. That's the mind that God is looking for. Yes. Hmm? yes. And and he didn't impose himself on them. He didn't threaten them or bully them into loving him or giving him or doing whatever. Or rolling out the red carpet when he came. Huh? He came to serve and not to be served. The attitude has uh, been watered down, my friend, diluted with selfish ambition. Filthy liqueur, I was teaching on this last night concerning elders, leaders in the church. <laughs> he said, take the oversight. That means to be a shepherd. Shepherd the flock. Hmm? Don't be so, not by constraint uh, or lording over them, uh, threatening to dismember them if they don't pay their tithes. But you can fornicate and commit adultery because we're under grace. You know, grace do abound. But not for me to fornicate and commit adultery. But how did we make, and this is, I'm not understanding, Brother Stephen. I don't know where it came from. That I could dismember you for not tithing, fulfilling your financial responsibility, and not your spiritual responsibility, your holiness, which was given to us. 
He's given us a life. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. We're teaching about prosperity, but not about holy living. You know, sanctification. <laughs> Being set apart. Different. An example to those who are in darkness. The light, the candle. Praise the Lord. I want to thank you for this message, my friend. And thank you for allowing me to share that, that moment. I didn't want to let that slip past me. Because uh, we're, the Lord, it's like, there, there's a threefold call. Call to repentance, a call to dedication or sanctification, and then there's a call to glorification. Hallelujah. That is to magnify the Lord in your body. That's what Paul said. Uh, that nothing to be ashamed of. And with all boldness, uh, that I will magnify the Lord in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Absolutely. And while we're here, let us jointly come together in a deeper form of fellowship of prayer. Mm. To begin, number one, forgiving ourselves. And number two, as we begin to pray, we put it's okay for us to pray for us <sighs> the apostle received paul received so much revelation that in order not to get caught up he recognized the restraint of the bridle my lord he recognized the purpose of the honor laid upon him from the Father was so that he could deliver the power of God's presence to the people. Mm -hmm. And in order for him to deliver the power, to uh, uh, what do they, impart, in order for him to impart the power, he had to be given that which he could give. Yes. Freely give out of abundance. Paul did not say, let me check my energizer battery to see if I have enough power to share some of it. Mm. He did not say, let me look at my cell phone rating on a power to see if I got enough to be a hot spot for my neighbor and let him have some. No. He knew the purpose of the power was to impart the power so that after he left the presence of the people they still had the power. Mm -hmm. That's the heart of the Father. Yeah. Is to empower you to empower <laughs> Here goes another cow. Mm -hmm. To empower the prisoner that's at the county jail. To empower the person who's hungry. So Paul understood that he was doing the right thing by plugging into more power than what he needed for him. 
so that he could be used as a hose pipe or a cable to let that power flow into the people that God loves. Mm. And because God loves them, Paul loved them because he recognized this thing is of God. Yes. Yeah. Second Corinthians 4, 5, and 6, he said, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light, here we are, to shine out of darkness, have shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. To give it. I've received it. Now I can transmit it. I can share it. Uh, it's not mine, but it's mine to give. Thank you, Lord. Uh, taking ownership and responsibility not just for myself, but for others. But after I have submitted myself, after I have humbled myself, after I have repented, uh, constantly, I start my day in repentance. Uh, what I haven't done, you haven't done anything yet. You're just starting your day. Well, I'm humbling myself before God in the book of James chapter 4. It talks about that. God rejects the proud and gives more grace to the humble. I don't have to repent. I'm saved, sanctified, <laughs> Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, and all that. <laughs> oh my goodness. The delusion, self perception, the form of godliness that you describe, my friend. The church, we, the body of Christ, need to repent. Mm hmm. So many things have gone off the rail. And, and repentance will bring us back in order with God. I believe that, my friend. I do. In being a royal priesthood, mm. to go into the midst Mass. of the tabernacle, for not only ourselves as the priests, but for the people in order to go into the midst and perform the function of being in the midst, yeah. first, we have to enter in. That's good. How do we enter into our day? Well, we're testifying through repentance. Mm -hmm. That's how we enter in to the day to allow us to function in our destiny into our purpose. That's the way to get in. That's before we even get to eat. Yeah. Or pour the wine. Or light another candle. First you have to go in. There's so much that the Father's heart has Ouch. for us daily. The cry is now going out. Jesus is no longer in a manger. That? <laughs> he was. He went through a process. He went through the process of which resulted in resurrection for the purpose of you and I being resurrected 
into the glory of the Father's heart. Which is where we'll continue next time. As you take this time and begin to apply it, don't be sitting there going, oh, boy, that was nice and able. Ah. Please stop. Follow the pattern. Follow the example in 1 John. It says, we saw, we heard, but then we looked upon. Put it under a microscope. Take today's message and use it. Because today, the date in 2023 is one form of the word day. But my brother and sister, we have come into a day. And that that day is labeled that day. When you read in the Old Testament, you will see the words are, In that day, such and such will happen. And we're here as witnesses to testify that this is that. This season that we're in is that season in that day. What day? Can you be a little bit more specific and tangible? Yeah. Would you please read something that's kind of new to us? 1 John <laughs> one one says... This is that life. This is that eternal life. And we are here offering you the secret key to where the door is. That you enter in to the secret place that will provide you with so much power that when you walk out, it is no longer a secret where you've been. See, that's why we don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. Because when we go out and announce what we have done, we've already gotten the glory for having done it. So do it in secret. Well, what are we talking about? We're talking about repenting. We're talking about I just let the Holy Spirit define that for you in your heart right now, right here. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for this time of fellowship and feasting upon your word, upon your spirit, and upon your life, your flame of eternal life. We thank you that you have allowed us to be receive and step into your glorification of all the deposits you've made in our lives we afresh and anew rededicate all the gifts you've given us into your glory so father we declare this day is a day of gifting back into your glory Realizing that naked came we. Spirit, soul, body, mind, will, and emotions, Father. We give you the glory.